This is the TJ Podcast, where we discuss matters on science, existence, beliefs, morality, and man's search for meaning. All, All these, these and, and more, more covered, covered in the, in the TJ, TJ Podcast. Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the TJ Podcast. So today we're looking at the case of enlightenment and delusion, and uh, these are two extreme scales in the in the human belief system, where people have different perceptions on what reality is. So to start off, uh, I'll start by defining enlightenment and using the definition of Immanuel Kant where he says that enlightenment is is man's emergence from himself incurred immaturity. So immaturity, what Kant believes is the lack of a person to use courage and one's intellect to break about the yokes that have been brought from institutions of authority or even religious institutions. To be able to better understand enlightenment, we have to go back to the age of enlightenment where we had multiple philosophers who dominated the European times. The enlightenment era was dominated by, by French and English writers. So some of them, people like Francis Bacon, who is presumed to the father of empiricism, Thomas Hobbes, uh, René Descartes, who is known for creating the Snell's Law, laws in algebraic geometry, and also came with a naturalistic account for the formation of other planets. You also have Galileo Galilei and Jonas Kepler, a very interesting Gottlieb William Leibniz. So these were some of the people that contributed through to the to the to the Enlightenment age by coming up with some very great ideas about what Enlightenment truly is. So during the Enlightenment, people people had a higher pursuit for happiness. So and their happiness can be achieved through when they need more political freedom, liberty, and even access to material opportunities. In this point, they also wanted uh, a pleasant life. So the psychological definition of a pursuit of happiness is also when they want a pleasant life, they want a good life, and they want a life that is also meaningful. So, also in the Enlightenment era, there was a great sovereignty for reason. So, is the sovereignty for reason is how well the people can use rationalization and logic in, in decision making. And then there's uh, the use of empiricism, where you use, you need to, you only based your, your judgments, based, based on sensory experiences, in simple Anything that you make a decision, when you want to make a decision, you have to make sure that it can be measured. You cannot just have thinking something out of the blue. It has to be a immeasurable. Now that is that is the scientific definition of enlightenment. What about the spiritual definition of enlightenment? So the spiritual definition of enlightenment is, is varying depending on the religion. So, like in Buddhist, uh, an enlightened person is considered one that has reached a state of nirvana. So, when you have reached nirvana, is when you're being able to negative all the negative emotions and physical desires, and uh, it has been viewed that one can be able to be truly enlightened when you can, when you can better understand yourself. In uh, in Hinduism. You, you achieve that by reaching the, the status that they call the Brahman. So they say that when you reach the Brahman, you have a better understanding of the universe, 
the teaching of the, the universe and that can be reached through constant training using things like yoga and knowledge in the, in the, in the Hinduism scriptures. In Jainism, it's very interesting in this religion where you find that uh, one is able to achieve enlightenment by fighting the internal and external enemies that that limits one to to the to the mortal life and uh, in Jainism they want they, they like to see when people achieve non-violence truth and possessiveness honesty and sexual consistency so those are the main tenets of that and then we have the Abrahamic religion so in Abrahamic religions we tend to use the concept of divine illumination where you believe that you've reached entitled enlightenment when you have a divine being that is guiding your, your ways and then there was some guy who came up with some interesting concepts on, on enlightenment who said that one can be able to achieve enlightenment his name is George Kochev so he says that you can achieve enlightenment when you, you have better control of the mind the body and your, emotion, and your emotional states, and he comes with some very interesting, uh, very interesting te teachings where he's talking about conscious labor. Conscious labor is when you are able to act consciously. You are not absent-minded in whatever you do. Then there's intentional suffering where you you, you keep yourself from being uh, from from material desires. So like. You only eat when you feel when you feel angry, not because you have a craving or or something like that. Then there is a self-observation that is the ability to to reflect on your actions without passing judgment. And then there is the need for effort where you can be able to push yourself to your extremes, to your extremes without being even after you have been exhausted. So with those definitions of enlightenment you have to look at the other the other scale which is delusion and what is delusion so a delusion is a belief that is clearly false and it causes an abnormality in a person's thought process so in the extreme forms you can find delusions can be caused by bipolar disorder depressive disorders delirium or even dementia now, how how do we measure delusions? We measure we measure them according to some scale. So you have the normal belief, you have an overvalued idea, you have a delusion-like idea. So an example of a delusion-like idea is something like gambling, where you often believe that one day you'll be the bookmaker, but you know that the game has been rigged against you. So the the concept believe that you will win one day. That is some sort of a delusion-like idea. And then there's primary delusion. So primary delusion is totally mediated by thought. So what factors can you, can you make? What, what things that can be used to measure? How can you measure delusion? You see, like, there's conviction. How, well, how much is that specific, specific person convinced of what he believes in, the extension 
the degree to which the delusion has has affected a person's life. Then there's bizarreness. Uh, how how bad does this delusion go away from the from the from the from the norm? This organization. How 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 does the person's delusional beliefs made him make him make him to to not make good decision making process? Now using these skills, you can be able to measure a, a delusional ideology. Now, one person, why why did I come to to measure enlightenment and delusion? I bring both the perspective of the spiritual perspective and the scientific perspective. It's because I came around a book by Richard Dawkins. His his book is called The God Illusion. He has sold millions of copies annually, and he's he has said that religion is a cause for evil because. If we didn't have religion, we not have those fraudulent evangelists, persecution of the Jews, witch hunters, suicide bombers, and many wars that have been funded around the world. So if we if we were to eliminate some fantastical fantastical beliefs, fantasies that people like believe in religion is like believing in fairies. Now the question is. Are religious people really delusional or are they an enlightened species?